Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, Birds Den Under fans. It's me, your host, COVID Tom. Yep, I got COVID. Uh, this is my fifth take of the podcast. I've had coughing attacks for the last four takes. Um, we'll see if I can get through this, but I have uh, my COVID has evolved from a lot of sneezing to now a real solid chesty cough thing going on. And so, yeah. Uh, we're just going to have to see how we go here, but <clears throat> lots, uh, to unpack if I can get to unpacking it. Uh, <clears throat> unfortunately I had to watch the game alone this evening because, well, you know, you don't want to watch COVID with COVID Tom seeing that I could give you COVID. So no Kiwi Glenn, no Aussie Andrew, no Tennessee John, no English George. And I mentioned English George because he is mourning the loss of his beloved, uh, English rugby team who lost in a painful last-minute way in the semifinals of the Rugby World Cup. So just like to throw a shout-out to George here, who I know is hurting from that loss. And we all know what that fe- <clears throat> feels like um, with our Super Bowl loss last year. So my heart goes out to George. Um, all right, folks, let's get stuck in here. <clears throat> oh, boy. I'm going to have to drink water to keep my throat from going into coughing attack mode. But folks, um, I'm going to have to contain my enthusiasm a little bit because the more enthusiastic I speak, the more my cough flares up. But very excited to tell you all that we beat the Miami Dolphins, their high-flying offense and everything uh, by a score of 31-17 in Philadelphia. And if anybody who's watched, watched the game is listening to this recording, you'll note first off the uniforms look really different. The Eagles were wearing their throwback Kelly Greens um, which is a much different shade of green to what you're typically used to seeing the Eagles wear. And when I first became a fan in 1990, um, that was the color of the unis um, until I think 95 or 96 when they shifted over. But I have three classic um, old school Kelly Green jerseys, Randall Cunningham, Reggie White, and a gentleman by the name of Andy Harmon. Um, and I still have a lot of old school Kelly green hats, um, some jumpers, etc. sorry, sweat, sweat, sweatshirts for North Americans. If there's any that actually listen to this. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it was pretty cool to see them back in those, uh, those colors last night. Um, or today, again, whenever you actually watch this thing, but, uh, they played well, you know, and they beat the team that had come in, the Miami Dolphins had come in on a historic pace offensively. In the first six weeks, um, they had scored like some record number of running and passing touchdowns, and they were the number one team in the league by yardage ahead of the Eagles, who were second by 100 yards a game. And to put in context, I think the Eagles were averaging about 380 or some odd yards per game, and the Dolphins are averaging something like 480 yards per game, which is just obscene, the difference. But uh let's let's just for a moment appreciate Sean Desai, Sean Desai our new defensive coordinator who has come in and done a bloody masterful job with a very banged up secondary week in and week out he's played something absurd like 16 defensive backs <clears throat> in the first seven weeks um, with a constant rotation of injured players coming on and off the field. I mean, if we go back to the preseason, we lost Zach McPherson in the preseason, who was meant to be our backup slot corner. Gonzo, Avante Maddox, uh, meant to be our starting slot corner for the year, hurt early in the season. We lost Darius Slay for a couple games, James Bradbury. We've lost Reed Blankenship now this game. Um, Justin Evans' safety 
And, <coughs> and then we brought in some reinforcements. Bradley Roby, slot corner, also hurt. Uh, you see a pattern here. And Sean Desai has just adapted and found players to fit the scheme and come in next man up sort of thing. And, you know, that's one thing when you're playing maybe the Commanders or the Jets who did beat us in fairness. Uh, but it's another thing when you're playing the uh, the Miami Dolphins, who are, you know, no joke, the the top offense in the league. And to do what they did and hold them to 240 yards of offense and um, 10 offensive points, which they only had 17 points because of Jalen Hurts throwing a tipped pass to turn into an interception return for touchdown. I mean, honestly, you cannot underscore the, sh- the job that Sean Desai is doing. <coughs> Pardon me. And as I say, everybody, please bear with me here. I really don't want to just give up tonight because my my throat won't won't hold up. But it may come to that. Um. So yeah, folks, Sean Desai, our new defensive coordinator, he's adapting, and he did something that Jonathan Gannon, his predecessor, couldn't do, which was shut down a top quarterback and a top offense. Um, if we remember the Super Bowl, Andy Reid. Just out scheme them, out thought Jonathan Gannon. You know those plays in the second half where we had nobody covering people twice in a row. Um, that's not to say Sean Desai can't be fooled. He probably can, but you know, so far so good. Uh, he's doing the very best with what he's got now. He's got an epic defensive line, and that epic defensive line played pretty incredibly against the Dolphins. Starting out with Hassan Reddick, who came out of the gates just like a man possessed, particularly against the run. Lots of big plays against the run. Obviously, he makes an impact as a pass rusher, but um, tonight it was more about his pressures and his you know play against a run that really stood out. And then let's call it Jordan Davis. Man, that guy every week is getting better and better, which is extremely exciting. As much as Jalen Carter has gotten a lot of the spotlight as you know and deservingly so as a really successful, talented rookie, Jordan Davis's uh, improvement from year one to year two is pretty catas- or stratospheric. I was going to say catas- catastrophic. That's not the right adjective. <coughs> It's really impressive to see how much Jordan Davis has improved. And he is a force. Like, he really is. Um, And the Eagles shut down the top running attack. The Dolphins have the number one running attack in the league. Absolutely shut them down. Um, Top passing attack. Absolutely shut that down. I mean, seriously, you cannot underestimate what a job Sean Desai is doing. He's taken linebackers who were on the scrap heap, Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, and then, you know, N'Kobe Dean, who'd pretty much never played before, and made them into a pretty serviceable group. I mean, it's just bloody remarkable. So hat tip to him. Hat tip to him. Josh Sweat played like a man, possessed this game, just exceptional. Uh, <coughs> and <coughs> Nolan Smith had his first sack. Uh, our rookie from uh, Georgia, 30th pick in the in the draft, had his first sack of the year, albeit, <coughs> albeit not blocked. So, um, you know, just a... a exceptional performance by the defense and my goodness you just you just have to give Sean Desai so much credit and folks let's enjoy him while we have him because a guy like him is going to get plucked up as a as a head coach as soon as he wants that job I hate to say it he was an assistant head coach last year for the Seahawks Um, he's been a defensive coordinator in two teams so he's got all the right smarts Um, if he wants if he wants that top job he'll get it as soon as the season's over if he continues on this pace which is Kind of depressing because, you know, losing Sean, uh, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon last year has definitely set the team back in some respects, particularly on offense. Um, and maybe, you know, Sean Desai is going to at least stick around for a couple of years. Let's hope so. But um, <clears throat> just so impressive so far. Sorry, everyone. I sound very, very wheezy. Um, that's because I am very, very wheezy. COVID is a bitch, I'll tell you. And even if you had all your boosters like I have, 
man, it's still uh, it's still rattling around there, people. So stay safe. Um, just some other thoughts on the defense. Darius Slay, a huge interception uh, in the second half. We first tur- turnover we've caused in weeks since the Buccaneers game, which is pretty crazy. Um, but you know, really great to see Darius Slay come up with a pretty critical play there, picking off to a to a to Tagalio. Oh boy, messed that one up. Anyway, um, little interesting backdrop here. Tua, we're gonna call him Tua, so I don't mess up his. Last name again. And you know what? I'm just going to look it up so I can actually pronounce it properly. I feel kind of embarrassed. I just seriously messed that one up so badly. I'd really like to redeem myself. So Tua Tago Viola. Viola? Oh, boy. Um, So Tua and Jalen Hurts have history at Alabama. They were both quarterbacks there. And Tua replaced Jalen Hurts uh, in the middle of a play. Like, I think it was the championship. And came in. uh, Jalen got pulled. Tua came in and then he got given the starting job the next year and Jalen was his backup and then Jalen transferred to Oklahoma. I think they have a lot of respect for one another, but I don't think there's a lot of love there. So <clears throat> you had that backdrop of um, the competitiveness of these two guys in this game tonight. And so it was nice to see our defense get the better of Tua there, who's been on a torrid pace um, with some really gaudy passing numbers. And, you know, he has two, probably the two best receivers in the league. If you want to you know, you want to obviously put A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith right up there, and I think you should. Um, but if there's one team that can probably claim better ones, it would be the Dolphins in that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are just both exceptional. So fast, so hard to defend. Now, we got lucky that Jalen Waddle uh, hurt his back for a good portion of the game um, and was not uh, not on the field. So that was a real benefit to us. Um, and I think that does need to be called out. But, you know, we're talking about... The two, the two best receivers in the game would reside in the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion. So, again, no, uh, no easy feat to stop, particularly when you have a really banged up secondary. Now, I do want to call something out. And it's funny, I, I've listened to a couple podcasts already from other Eagles broadcasters and podcasters and commenting about how great it was that the Eagles had no penalties on them in this game and the Dolphins had 10 penalties. And, you know, at a first glance, you're like, oh, what discipline the Eagles show. That's so amazing. Well, there were a couple of glaring missed calls against the Eagles, like a face masking call, which would have had an impact in the game. And I have to say, I always really hate when you see one side of games like this because, you know, okay, I'm sure that um, the Eagles were more disciplined than the Dolphins this game, but nobody should tell anybody with a straight face, at least, that the Eagles committed nothing and the Dolphins did 10 things wrong. Like, that's just nonsense. And so it does raise the question of... um, what the refs are looking at when they miss a couple of really glaring things to the Eagles and they call everything on the Dolphins. This has happened to the Eagles before. I remember it happened to us against the Panthers a couple of years ago, and it was something absurd, like the Eagles had 12 penalties and the Panthers had one. Um, but 10, and, 10 penalties on one side and none on the other side is really crazy, and I just I don't love that. And I'm just going to say it. The Eagles obviously got lucky. Um, it had a major impact on the Dolphins, and just... Another refing crew could have seen it totally differently and called a whole bunch of stuff on the Eagles. So I think we just need to call a spade a spade here and uh, and just be honest with ourselves. And the Dolphins were super banged up. You know, again, hey, great defensive line play, sure. But the, the Dolphins were missing three starters on their offensive line. And the stud running back, Arshane, um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Jeez, I don't want to even look. I've probably not done a good job there either. Um, who's an absolute speedster and has been killing teams. So, you know, I think we need to be really honest with ourselves that between the penalties, Jalen Waddle getting hurt, three offensive linemen not playing. I mean, the Dolphins were not at full strength at all. So 
Um, great job, Eagles. You got to beat the team you're playing. Um, but let's call it what it is. Anyway, that sounds like a really negative slant on things, but I just, you know, I want to keep it real for you listeners and I want to just be honest with you because nobody needs to hear, oh, we're the best team ever and not calling out the truce to what actually happens in these games. And I'll, I'll flip it around if I see a game where the Eagles, you know, lose badly and they've got 10 penalties against them and the other team's got none. I'm going to call bullshit there too. So let's, uh, it, it cuts both ways. Um, moving to the offense, uh, they scored 31 points against a pretty decent team. They could have scored more. They did kneel down on the six-yard line right at the end of the game rather than go for more points because um, Nick Sirianni is not a not a guy who rubs things in people's faces. But let's start with Nick Sirianni because I'll tell you what. Um, <clears throat> and the broadcasters made this point. Nick made a really ballsy call late in the game. Fourth quarter, Eagles have gotten stopped. It's fourth and one on their 26-yard line. They're up by a touchdown. And, you know... The Eagles had stopped the Dolphins multiple drives in a row. The logical thing to do, the sensible thing to do, is just punt the ball. Punt the ball, let your de- your, let your defense do what they've been doing, and you just assume that they can keep their pressure up and get the ball back. What does Nick do? He calls a timeout and then runs the what's now called the brotherly shove or the tush push or whatever stupid name they've got. But our fourth and run, fourth and run, one run, you know, offense can't be stopped, as we all know. Well. They came back on the field. They ran it. They got a first down. Drive continues. They run another fourth down. Drive continues. They score a touchdown. Um, and, you know, that's ballsy stuff out of Nick. And had they been stopped, he'd be crucified in the media. If they'd lost because of that, oh, my God. He would be ripped apart. But he had the cojones to call it. They executed. They got it done. And, man, like, th- those are big calls. And it's really easy to gloss over them. So a big shout-out to Nick Sirianni. Um, for just having the stones to do, you know, do things that a lot of coaches would just not do. It's very unconventional to call, to go for anything on your 26-yard line, fourth and one when you're up by seven. That's just a really, really risky thing to do. So it just shows great, um, you know, great belief in his offense and Jalen Hurts and the offensive line, and they delivered. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, um, you know, more bad than good for sure. You know, he he had a really solid day passing. Did have two killer turnovers though. One of them resulted in a touchdown. Um, he had a uh, a pass, you know, that knocked off the hands of a blitzing um, slot corner, got picked off by a linebacker, back for a, a touchdown. You know that killed us. And he had a fumble in the first half as well. So Jalen again, turnovers are sloppy, but the man turned up to play, even though he looks hurt. Um, he looks like he's limping when he runs. And um, you know, I think we'll find out more about how serious it is. But I don't think Jalen's one hundred percent by any stretch. But, you know, he made some massive plays. Um, Dallas Goddard had a great game. I think six or seven catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. And then there's A.J. Brown. My goodness. Five games in a row, over 125 yards, which is now tied an NFL record. NFL record, not Eagles record. NFL record. Like, he had 137 yards today. I've never seen anything like it. Never. Never, never, never. Not once. I mean, I've been watching this team for 33 years. And again, if I rattle off the top receivers that I've seen play, Fred Barnett, Irving Fryer, uh, Terrell Owens, you know, uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, Jeremy Macklin, uh, those are the ones I've gotten to see. There are other names that precede my fanship in 1990 that are big names. Mike Quick, um, Harold Carmichael, Chris Carter. I mean, we've had some pretty storied receivers come through this, uh, this team over the years. But what A.J. Brown is doing... 
I, again, never seen it. The league hasn't seen it. I mean, the, this is something that this is just taught an NFL record. And he came up with some massive plays. And it's so interesting. You know, Tyreek Hill, absolute speedster, um, just like a water bug in the open field. Like, good luck catching him. He can out, outmaneuver anybody. He's fast, the fastest player on the field by a mile. Like, nobody can cover Tyreek Hill. A.J. Brown's not like that. But good luck tackling A.J. Brown because he's fast enough. And if you try and tackle him, he'll probably break your tackle. If you're like a corner and you just try and duck, dive at his ankles, good luck. You try and body up on him, you better take him down because you'll probably break your tackle and he'll probably take it for a score. And he did it. You know, he came up with crazy double coverage catch that was an absolute, like, you know, uh, an absolute pivotal moment of the game. Huge throw by Jalen Hurts, who's about to get smashed by a blitzing linebacker. AJ comes up with this crazy circus catch. Um, his touchdown was a broken tackle that he took into the end zone. He almost had another touchdown that was called at the one yard line. I mean, geez, the guy is just on fire. And, you know, Devontae Smith had a better game, which is great. It's nice to see Devontae getting back into things. Um, he did have a, a kind of drop early, although it was on a tough attempt to be certain. Um, but, you know, again, more bad than good from Jalen, but those turnovers are concerning. Like, they're piling up, and, um, you know, we got to see it cleared up. For sure we do. Uh, I thought it was a really strong game by DeAndre Swift. Uh, again, really tough running by him. I don't think he got enough touches. I thought Kenny Gainwell played a disproportionate amount of the game, and I, I almost wondered if De DeAndre Swift was hurt at one stage because he hadn't been on in so long, but evidently not. But I just love the way he just makes things out of nothing. He has great vision. Um, he's hard to take down. He's such a physical runner. Like, man, I tell you what, I've been so surprised by how physical he is. It's just not the perception I had of him at all. I have got a totally different perception of that guy now. And I, I love him. I really do. He's brought so much to this offense. I would take him over Miles Sanders any day, any time. Just he, what he brings in the receiving game is so much more dynamic. He's just a tough dude. I love it. And I think he just... He just loves playing in front of the home crowd. That monster of a father was probably in the stand somewhere flexing his giant guns. Um, and again, you do not want to mess with his dad. I'll just repeat that. If that's the only thing you take away from this podcast this evening is don't mess with DeAndre Swift's dad. Just remember that fact. Offensive line, I thought, actually allowed a lot of pressures on Jalen today. I was not impressed by our offensive line. Even Lane Johnson, I think, gave up a sack, which if that's what I think I saw is what actually happened, was will be the first sack he's given up in like two years. Um, you know, I, I thought Sue Alpeta got taken advantage of a couple times badly. Um, yeah, just not our best game. Not our best game at all. And the inside running game wasn't working. So, you know... In fairness, the Dolphins have got a good front. Christian Wilkins, uh, Wilkinson or Wilkins, their defensive tackle is very, very good and gave us lots of problems, um, but not our offensive line's best game, you know, and we still won 31-17, so take that for what it is. <sighs> um, folks, I know if I keep going, I'm going to stop and have a huge coughing attack, so I, I, I've got to keep this short. So the high notes are, Sean Desai, you're an absolute weapon of a defensive coordinator. Your game plan was incredible. You're making things happen with sub after sub after sub in the secondary. You confused the best offense in the league. Um, you shut them down, which is just such a feat. So well done to you, Sean Desai. Um, you really deserve the credit here because it's one of the best defensive coaching jobs we've seen from an Eagles uh, defensive coordinator since Jim Schwartz, who, by the way, is kicking massive goals in Cleveland right now. That Cleveland Browns defense is deadly, and it's because of Jim Schwartz. Um, 
So massive nod to uh, Sean Desai, massive nod to Nick Sirianni for having the cojones to do things that other coaches would not do, calling things on fourth and one on your own 26-yard line late in the game. Just, you know, ballsy stuff, and it worked. Um, And again, A.J. Brown, man, what a historic performance yet again in front of the home crowd, pumped watching the Kelly Green Eagles. And man, that game would have been so fun to be at. Sunday night game, people have been lubed up, you know, drinking all day. That crowd was fired up. It was an exciting game to watch front to back. Like, oh, would have been just amazing to have been there for an Eagles fight song, um, which <clears throat> I'd love to regale you now, but my voice will not allow for it. So folks, um, just awesome stuff. And, you know, I'm going to finish on a little Australian note. I don't, I, I thought Jordan Malata played okay. Um, he definitely got beaten by uh, uh, beaten by somebody a couple times. Um, so I wouldn't say it was his best game, but I do want to mention a non-Eagle Australian. His name is Michael Dixon. He's the punter for the Seattle Seahawks, drafted in 2018 in the fifth round, played his university football at Texas. He's from Sydney, Um, went to Kirawi High School. I don't know where that is. Kirawi, I'm guessing, is a suburb in Sydney. Anyway, he is the current, he has the NFL record for the highest average punting average uh, in NFL history. Now, he's only 27. He's only been playing for whatever it is, six seasons. So there's plenty of punters out there, like a guy, Ray Guy. I think Ray Guy played until mid-40s or something crazy like that. Or, um, You know, so, like, obviously Michael hasn't done it for, you know, 15 years or something. But it's just notable that a Sydney boy um, is kicking massive goals in, with the Seattle Seahawks as a punter and has been doing it for a long time or a relatively long time at a very high level. So um, congratulations to you, Michael Dixon. You get a shout out on the Eagles podcast, even though you're a Seahawk, just because you're from Sydney, which is awesome. Uh, All right, folks, as I say, I'm going to just shut it down there before my voice fully gives out. Um, What what a game, what a win. And and I I didn't mention it, but Dallas got it. Oh, no, I did. Dallas got it was great. Um, Big catches today. So just want to make sure Dallas gets his credit. He's back playing really, really well and getting used properly and appropriately and getting open and doing what Dallas does. So folks, uh, enjoy it. Six and one. Um, very quickly, I just will say that our next game um, is, I want to say the Commanders. Let me just buy myself some time to look up exactly uh, who we play. So apologies, I'm not more prepared. I will, <coughs> I will blame it on the COVID which again really does suck. Oh, I should mention Julio Jones. Jeez, I almost forgot. So <clears throat> we signed a receiver um, between the last game and this game named Julio Jones. If you know his name, it's because he's one of the best receivers to have played the, the game in the last you know, 15, 20 years. Uh, 13,000 plus receiving yards played his really formative years with the Atlanta Falcons is an Alabama Crimson Tide alumni, as is Jalen Hurts, um, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, uh, who else? Eli Ricks. um, And he has come in as our kind of like third receiver. He's a big body, um, big physical dude. So doesn't look anything like Kez Watkins, who's on injured reserve, or Olamide, uh, Zacchaeus, Olamide Zacchaeus. and, you know, so he, I think he brings something that we need. I think he brings a big physicality um, to our kind of wide receiver depth. And I think he could play a role at some stage. I'm, I don't, I'm not predicting like insane greatness, but I could see a game that gets one off the back of a ball that Jalen Hurts chucks up and few people would make the catch, but Julio Jones does. So 
you know, exciting to have him on. I think it's a, a good pickup by Howie Roseman. And, you know, if you look last year, we made a couple of key acquisitions in the middle of the season about this time when we recognized we had um, some holes and, um, you know, that brought us in Dominic and Sue, et cetera, last year. So uh, it remains to be seen what Julio Jones will do for us. But, you know, great stuff to have him back uh, back in the fold. And so next week, I'm correct, we play at the Washington Commanders, which I don't need to tell everybody here is going to be a really hard game. Like, we're lucky we beat them in overtime in our own backyard. So we're now going to go beat them. Who They did just lose to the uh, Giants, by the way. So congratulations to the New York Giants. Um, and then we finish up with the Dallas Cowboys in Philadelphia before our bye week. So two big divisional games coming up, folks. Commanders and Cowboys, very, very big games. Got to beat those division rivals. And again, you know, with Dallas, I predict a split uh, and the li- most likely win needs to be the one at home because winning in Big D at Dallas Stadium, Texas Stadium is really hard to do. Um, <clears throat> so that's the next two games. And again, don't count those Cowboys out. That would be very foolish to do. And um, they are they're going to be there to the bitter, bitter end. I should add, the Lions are increasingly looking like a total threat uh, in the NFC. They got absolutely waxed today by the Baltimore Ravens, like something stupid, like 38 to 6. So uh, happy about that. Sorry, Josh, uh, our friend who is from the Detroit area and masquerades as a Lions fan, but uh, happy your team got smoked very much so. So, uh, folks, that's it. That's a wrap. Um, I just went about five minutes longer than I intended, but hey, no coughing attack. So winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Six and one Eagles. We are tied for the best record in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. God damn it. So, you know, who knows? Who knows where this ends up? But wouldn't it be weird to see a rematch of the Super Bowl from last year? Crazier things have happened. But a lot of football to play, everybody. And uh, let's just watch the uh, reports on Jalen Hurts' health. Because I'm a little bit nervous that there's something there that, um, you know, they're going to need to go and do an MRI on. So watch this space, everybody. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Go Birds. Peace out. Bye.